Welcome back to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your host, Daniel French. Let's get right back to it with Monday through Friday at the Smith's Residence. Be advised that this story carries some adult content. Please remember to support Chronosphere Fiction at patreon.com slash chronosphere. Send your questions or story submissions to chronospherefiction at cox.net. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. And now, Monday through Friday at the Smith Residence. Act 3, Scene 3. The table has been set for dinner, but only Barbara and Graham are sitting at the dinner table. Frank and Carlisle sit in the living room watching a football game on TV, drinking beer. Randall is still in his room, lying on his bed, stoic. Albert and Tessa have not yet returned. Oh, come on! Jesus! Barbara and Graham pick at their food in silence. The evening is not going as the former had planned. She clears her throat. <laughs> Dinner's getting cold, Frank. The dinner I made... Hold on, Barb. It's the rerun of Sunday's game. Packers versus the Seahawks. Barbara puts her fork down and makes her way into the living room. Where are Albert and Tessa? Still out. They'll be home soon, I'm sure. Shall I bring you your dinner, Frank? Huh? If I recall correctly, you said you were going to make dinner tonight. Did you not? Oh, shoot. Hey, I'm real sorry, Barb. I kind of got caught up in things. What if I, um... What if I make dinner Friday? How about that? Whatever you want, Frank. Whenever you want. Say, where's Randy at? In his room, where he's been all day. What for? Perhaps you should ask him. Barbara returns to the dining room and takes her place at the table once more. Ah, hell. I'll be right back. Frank puts his beer down and gets to his feet. He heads for his eldest son's room. I only want a happy family. I know, Mom. Frank knocks on Randall's door. Son? What do you want? May I come in? Whatever. Frank enters his room. Hey there. I hear you're down. Randall doesn't answer him. I thought our talk this morning helped. Your talk this morning doesn't matter anymore. Why is that? You haven't heard. Heard what? Why don't you go and ask Mom? Why don't you tell me? You can ask Mom. Randall says no more. Well, you can talk to me anytime, you know. Frank leaves his son's room, closing the door behind him. He descends the stairs. How's your painting coming along, dear? I think it's almost done. Frank peeks into the kitchen. Barbara, could we have a word? Barbara leaves the table again and joins Frank in the foyer. The boy won't talk to me. What happened? You can rest easy knowing you won't be a grandfather anytime soon. What are you saying? Susan? Barbara nods. Christ. That's repugnant. Just, just sick. Randall thought so. He said goodbye to her for the last time. Shit. Poor kid. You shouldn't have to deal with this kind of thing. Nobody should. He didn't take it well. Well, how could he? So horrible. He won't cooperate. Leave him alone. It's done, Barbara. Fine, then. The game having ended, Carlisle turns off the TV and heads for the foyer. It's a tragedy. There's no denying that. But there's going to be a new baby in the family soon enough. You're right. And Randy, he'll be all right. We'll see. Sorry, Frank, that's the end of it. Carlisle enters the foyer. Damn. Perhaps we can all sit down for dinner now. Sounds good to me. The three of them join Graham at the table in the adjacent room and dinner is recommenced. What's the matter with that football player of yours, Frank? He's feeling a bit sick. Should be better by tomorrow. 
Hey, you ever notice how more people are getting sick than ever before? I'm telling you, it's the chemicals they put in our drinking water to weaken our immune systems. Oh, but Carlisle, why would they want everyone to be sick? To cause impotency and miscarriages, all in the name of population control. I mean, that's what they do in the East, and they're doing it here. Maybe we could talk about... Oh, sure. All right, sorry. Stop me when I get going, please. It's no problem. Graham. Yes? I hear you draw pictures. Yeah. What do you like to draw? Uh, lots of things. Swell. I hope Albert... Albert and Tessa step through the front door, tired but jovial. Ah, speak of the devil. We're in here, you two. They join their family in the dining room and take their seats. Have a good time, kids? Yeah. And what have the two of you been up to, I wonder? Nothing. We explored the woods. Then we went to the mall. You went to the mall? Just to laugh at all the freaks. It was a lot of fun. Glad to hear it. So might I venture to say that you've made a friend, Tess? Dad, don't embarrass me. Well, now that we're all here... Where's Randy? Maybe someone would like to say grace. I will. They all take hands. We thank you, almighty God, for this delicious meal and for President Ronald Wilson Reagan, who will guide us through these dark and troubling times toward that shining light of liberty that awaits us at the end of the tunnel. God bless America and that righteous dream of ours. <laughs> you said it, big brother. Blackout. Act 4, Scene 1. Thursday. Graham and Albert have gone off to school. Barbara is scrubbing the kitchen floor. Frank and Carlisle are nowhere to be seen. Randall is still in bed, fast asleep. Tessa is just waking up. She climbs off of the inflatable mattress that's been placed on the floor of Albert's room, wearing only a t-shirt and her underwear. Groggy, she makes her way downstairs and into the kitchen. Barbara is taken off guard by her appearance. Oh, morning. Where's Dad? He joined your uncle at work. They said they'd be coming home as soon as school's over. Your breakfast is on the table. Thanks. Tessa sits at the table and chows down. She notices another untouched plate. Who's that for? Randall. And he didn't eat it? I don't believe he's awake yet. Why not? I don't know. That's none of my business. He's more than capable of waking up without my assistance. Wouldn't you like to get dressed, dear? I will. Eventually. You're not cold? No. Can you make me some coffee? I mean, that's what Dad usually does. I suppose so. I could use some myself. Barbara abandons the floor and prepares a pot of coffee. Did you sleep well? Yeah, slept fine. No disturbances? What do you mean? Well, Albert picks on Graham from time to time. They didn't say a word to each other all night. Good. He's not a bad kid, you know. You don't know him, dear. I think I do. He seems nice enough to me. And first impressions are supposed to be accurate, right? I'm glad that you enjoy his company, but we don't see eye to eye very often. Maybe you don't understand him. Barbara is incensed, but retains her composure. I don't think that's an appropriate thing to say, Tessa. Do you think he's just rotten or something? I... I think he... I think you're overstepping yourself, and I strongly suggest you change the subject. Fine. I was just asking. I didn't mean to offend you or anything. Shit. Please watch your mouth while you're in my house. Your father may have chosen to let you grow up at your own pace, but under this roof, we've got rules to abide by, young lady. Yeah, and it sounds like that's working out great. Who do you think you're kidding? Tessa Smith! You, you're kidding yourself. I'm going to have a nice, long talk with your father when he comes home. Oh, so are you my mom now? Beat. No, your mother's dead. 
So I suppose it makes perfect sense that your father's spoiled you. No shit. Which is why everything you tell him about me is gonna go in one ear and out the other. He's not gonna punish little Tessa. Not after everything she's been through. No wonder you and Albert have taken to each other. You're just like him. Tessa finishes her breakfast and pours herself a cup of coffee. Could be worse. I could be some crazy housewife trying to live a generic life according to somebody else's rules. You gotta write your own rules. Breakfast was good, by the way. Tessa takes her coffee and heads for the stairs. Barbara, alone once more, nearly bursts into tears all at once, but takes a deep breath and returns to scrubbing the floor. Tessa, having returned to the second floor, approaches Randall's door. She knocks. No answer. She knocks again. What is it? Hey, man. Do you know what time it is? No. Your brothers went to school like two hours ago. What? Randall wakes up more or less. He looks to his night table for an alarm clock that isn't there. Fuck. He scrambles out of bed, still in his clothes. He is plainly hungover. He shambles to the door and opens it to see Tessa standing there. Tessa? You look like shit. What do you want? I just wanted to let you know you're missing class, just in case you care. Randall sighs and sits down on his bed. Take the day off. Looks like you need it. Yeah. I really do. You got pretty wasted last night, didn't you? How can you tell? I know the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, I got pretty wasted. Did your girlfriend dump you or something? No. I dumped her. Cool. Was she a bitch? Yeah. Then you should be happy, shouldn't you? I don't know. Guess so. What's it to you? Hey, I'm your cousin and all. I guess. I'm just kind of burnt out on life right now. I know how you feel. How could you possibly know what I feel? Randy, right? You're how old? Seventeen. And you haven't figured out that life is bullshit yet? I don't know what you're talking about. Get a clue. You've been lied to by everyone since you were born. Your mom, your dad, your teachers, and your girlfriend. The world is a sucky place, Randy. The sooner you get used to it, the better. So, what if it is? Well, then you do whatever you can to take your mind off of it. How? I know just the thing. Alcohol can only take you so far. Tessa hands him her copy and returns to the bedroom across the hall. She locates her jacket and, digging around in one of the pockets, retrieves a bottle of pills. She re-enters Randall's room and hands him the bottle. What's this? Quaaludes. They're for helping you sleep, but they do more than that. My treat. Dad's got a prescription. Thanks. And when you run out, you can probably find some more if you ask around. I appreciate it. Don't worry about it. And remember what I said about life. Tell yourself the truth, even if the truth sucks. Whatever you say. Oh, and you might not want to mix those with alcohol. Not until you're confident you can handle it, at least. Blackout. Scene two. Tessa, now fully clothed, is sitting in the living room writing in a journal or something of the sort. Randall is lying on his bed, pleasurably intoxicated. Barbara is sitting at the table, anxiously smoking a cigarette. Albert enters the house. Barbara springs to her feet and meets him before he can go anywhere. Where is everyone? I don't know. Why not? Didn't you and Graham head straight to your father's classroom? I did. And he said he and Uncle Carla were going to go out for a late lunch. He said just to walk home. Damn that man. Did he say where they were going? No. And what about Graham? Don't know where he is. I'll be right back. Where are you going? I'm going to the school. Perhaps they're still there. Don't cause any trouble while I'm out. Barbara rushes out the door. I'm in here, Albert. Albert strolls into the living room and drops his backpack onto the floor. How is school? Are you kidding? Yes. 
Albert sits down next to Tessa. What are you writing? A letter. To who? To me. To you? Yeah, to me, two years ago. Why? Can't you think of any reasons to write your former self? You mean like warning or something? Yeah. What is it you're warning yourself about? Let's see. I advise against taking a double dose of cough syrup when I get sick a week after Christmas. I recommend ditching chemistry for my own sake. And I urge myself not to let Rebecca borrow so many lighters. Have you ever received a letter from your future self? Not yet. Oh, and I also tell me not to put up such a big fight with Dad about going to see my aunt and uncle in California, because I've got a pretty cool cousin there. Gee, thanks. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, no shit. Isn't writing that kind of a waste of time? I don't think so. Whatever. Are you going to mail it to yourself or something? What good would that do? I don't know. When I'm done, I'm going to go outside and wait for a strong breeze. And I'm going to let it blow away. And how the hell is it going to get to you two years ago? How would I know? It's probably just going to get picked up by somebody and thrown away. Probably. But hey, if I never tried, then I'll never get one. You ever tried writing to your future self? No, that's stupid. What would I say? Graham enters the house. That your brother? Yeah, I think so. Who cares? Graham heads up to his room and sees to his homework. Albert plops down on the couch. Hey, remember that guy at the mall? With the leather jacket? Yeah. Yeah, the look on his face. <laughs> they share a laugh. He had it coming. Hey, you little shits. I'm gonna tell your parents. <laughs> I've never had so much fun at a mall before. Well, they are big people zoos anyway. You're totally right. Tessa puts her letter aside and joins Albert on the couch. She takes two cigarettes from the pack in her jacket and hands one to Albert. They proceed to light up and smoke. Your mom and I had a little disagreement this morning. About what? You. Oh yeah? She thinks you're a bad seed. Tell me something I don't know. She treats you like shit, doesn't she? I guess she does. I can tell. I know a lot of people like her. Parents who think it's still the 50s or something that beat their kids and drink all day and pretend that young people are making the world worse when the world is exactly the way they made it. Yeah. You're not a bad dude. In fact, I think you're the sanest person in the whole house. Really? Oh yeah. Everybody else is in denial. They are. But hey, it feels good to know where it's at, doesn't it? Yeah. I hope you don't care what anybody thinks about you. I... I don't. Not even your family. You know, my mom always hated me. Always. I believe you. I wish she was dead. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I forgot. No, it's alright. Sometimes I forget too. Sometimes I forget I'm supposed to have a mom. Dad and I don't talk about her. I don't think he ever got over it. And when I start to wonder if I'd be better off with a mom, not just a mom, my mom, alive, I remember that she and Dad would just start to hate each other sooner or later. Familiarity breeds contempt, right? They'd get a divorce and fight to the death over custody of me, move to different parts of the country, and date assholes. That'd be pretty shitty. So maybe it's for the best that one of them is dead. In a way, I guess it kept their love alive. Yeah, maybe it did. Do you think that makes me fucked, saying something like that? No. Is that what you think? No, I just wonder sometimes. I like you. I like you too. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. You promise not to laugh? Fine. I, I think you're beautiful. Tessa smiles and... Despite restraint, she cannot help but giggle. Hey, you broke your promise. I know, I'm sorry. I suck. Thank you. You're a bitch. I know, but thank you. I mean it. Oh, really? Yeah. Sure. Seriously, I don't lie. Albert smiles deviously. Prove it. You want me to make it up to you or something? Yeah. What do you want me to do? You'll do anything? Sure. Kiss me. A serious look 
crosses Tessa's face. Graham sets his homework aside and attends to his painting. Really? Yes, really. You want me to kiss you? You've kissed guys before, right? Yeah. Guys less cool than me, I bet. I guess. So what do you care? You said you'd do anything. Okay. Tessa, hesitant, closes her eyes and leans in, and Albert does so as well. Their lips meet. Tessa is the first to pull away. See, that wasn't so bad. No. I dare you to kiss me again. Why? Why not? Don't you think it's kind of weird? I thought you didn't care what people think. I don't. Then what's the problem? Come on, please. Tessa is silent. After some thought, Tessa kisses him with more passion than before. Albert returns the passion. He runs his hands along her body. Without breaking off the kiss, she pushes his hands away, but he persists. Albert! The kiss continues, and so do Albert's advances. Albert, stop that! Though Tessa has withdrawn from the kiss, Albert forces himself on her. He presses his face against hers and feels her all over. She struggles, but he is stronger. He attempts to take her pants off, and she kicks and fights back as best she can. She makes every effort to get away from him, and he manages to get her pants off, but loses his hold on her in the process. She rushes to the far side of the room, and he pursues. Tessa manages to get past him, however, and, dashing from the living room, she runs out of the front door in her panties. Albert runs after her. Before long, a knock is heard at Graham's window. He jumps. Putting his brush and palette down, he goes and opens the window. Susan? Susan appears in the window. Hi. Can I come in? Uh, Sure. You scared me. She climbs inside. Sorry, I didn't want your mom to see me. Yeah, I I think she went somewhere. What are you doing here? I thought you might want this back. She extends the rag that Graham lent her. Oh, thank you. He takes it from her. Were you working on it? Yeah. Well, don't let me stop you. Graham returns to his work. I, um, saw your brother chasing some girl down the street. Yeah, that's our cousin. I also really wanted to thank you again for helping me out the other day. It's no problem. It's hard to find kindness in the world, don't you think? Yes, I do. Silence. Susan takes a seat upon Graham's bed. How's Randy doing? He's spending a lot of time in his room. Susan buries her face in her hands. I hurt him. I hurt him so bad. Why? I don't know. I just... I thought I was doing what he wanted. What would make him happy? Did you love him? Yes. And did he love you? I thought so, but... He'll never forgive me. I... I... I shouldn't have come here. It was a bad idea. I'm sorry. She gets up to leave. Wait. She stops. Stay. She turns to him. Why did you come? Just to talk about Randy? No, I... Susan sighs. I don't know. I just... I just thought maybe I could talk to you. You can. You know, I actually took that with me on purpose. So I could come back here and talk to you some more. Really? Yeah. Talking about what? Things? Life? I don't know. Susan returns to the bed, somber, and Graham joins her there. I haven't told my parents about anything. There's no one I can tell. I'll listen. Thank you. That's not something Randy did very often. He he tries so hard to be strong, he never asks for help when he needs it. And it all builds up inside of him. And yesterday it was too much. I think if I ever tried to talk to him again, he'd get violent. Maybe. We had this dream, or he did. We'd both go to the same college, him on a football scholarship, of course. He'd get some well-paying job. We'd get married and have a house of our own. 
A house by the ocean and kids. It sounded nice, but it all went wrong. We wake up from our dreams. Yeah. And what about you? What about me? Didn't you have any dreams of your own? Just daydreams. What were they? You don't want to hear me talk about... I do. Tell me. Do you know who Sally Wright is? Who? Last year, she went into space on Challenger, the space shuttle. I watched it launch on TV. She was the first American woman in space. And you'd like to be the second? I don't know about that. But being part of NASA, that'd be special. But it's nothing but a dream, isn't it? You don't think you can do it? What's your dream, Graham? Painting. That's it? It's what I love doing. You're good at it. Thank you. Silence. I... I wanted to talk to you because... And don't take this the wrong way, but you seem kind of... lonely. Graham says nothing. You don't seem capable of hurting anyone. That's kind of weird to say, but... Are you lonely? I'm all alone. Now. You're not. The world's full of people. People you'll meet that can understand you. They're waiting for you to find them. And when you do, you'll dream new dreams with them and you won't look back. What are you most afraid of? Why do you ask? I'm curious. Mom's having a baby. I'm worried for it. Why? Lots of reasons. Albert. Your brother? I'm scared he might do something. Like what? Or the baby could turn out like Albert. Or it could be more than my mom can handle. Or maybe the baby could turn out like you. Graham smiles, blushing. That might be worst of all. My worst fear is that it never gets any easier. That there's no peace. It's just endless trouble and heartache. Life can be better than this. I know it can. So do you. Susan and Graham hug. The front door swings open and Albert, panting for breath, re-enters the house. He bolts up the stairs towards his room. Who's that? I don't know. Albert bursts into the room. He is surprised to see Graham with Susan. What are you doing? None of your business. Leave us alone. No, it's my room. It's my room too. Where's my backpack? I don't know. Get out. Graham pushes him towards the door. Don't touch me, asshole. Get out. Albert pounces on Graham and the two have a scuffle on the floor. Susan makes for the door. I'll see you later, Graham. Sorry. Susan hurries down the stairs. Through the front door steps Barbara. Susan stops in her tracks and the two come face to face. You, Mrs. Smith, you have the nerve to come into my house after what you've done? Graham gains the upper hand over Albert and pummels him. Having gotten the better of him, the former climbs off of his brother and runs from the room. Albert, humiliated, is just a few steps behind him. Did you think you were going to win Randall's forgiveness? You have no idea what pain you've wrought on him. Get out! Get out and never come back! Barbara steps aside, allowing Susan to dash out the door. Barbara slams it behind her. Graham quickly descends the stairs into the foyer. Mom? What is it, dear? Albert wants to beat me up again. Albert appears in the foyer. I don't have the time or the patience for you, Albert. Barbara grabs him harshly by the wrist and drags him back upstairs. Ow! Let go! You are an uncivil, uncouth, and unseemly young man. You're going to stay in your room until I tell you that dinner is ready. Is that understood? Fine! Barbara escorts him to the door of his room and he marches inside. She closes the door for him. He searches the room for something or other. Barbara returns to the foyer where Graham awaits. He won't bother you again. Thanks, Mom. Of course, sweetheart. Would you like to help me make dinner? Sure. The two of them enter the kitchen. Barbara retrieves her cookbook. We're going to be making meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Hopefully your father and your uncle will be home to enjoy it. 
Albert comes across love. He considers. Barbara goes and plants a kiss atop Graham's head. Tell me, what have I done to deserve a son like you? Albert picks up a tube of paint, unscrews it, and unloads its contents onto the face of the canvas. Bright red. He then smears it all over the painting with his hands, coating it entirely. I don't know, Mom. Albert picks up the cloth used to cover the canvas. Looks like you're finished with your painting, Graham. He covers it. Blackout. On the next episode of Chronosphere Fiction, we'll continue with Monday through Friday at the Smith's residence, written and narrated by Blake Benlin. Barbara was Jenna Scanlon. Frank, Paul Cantor. Randall is Antonio Denunzio. Graham is Will Gearing. Albert is J. Dean Garcia. Susan is Mackenzie Jensen. Carlisle is Eric Lorden. Tessa is Rosanna Jimeno. Production sound effects and music is Daniel French. Blake, Dean, and Mackenzie are also part of a Fishbonious podcast known as The List Game, a conversational improv game. Be sure to check it out when you get a chance. This is Jack Quentin. If you're listening to this, you need to run as fast as you can from this. Whatever you do, do not investigate the cult known as the Brothers and Sisters. Do not subscribe to the mysterious thriller podcast, Heretic. Do not visit hereticpod.wordpress.com. Do not follow Heretic on Twitter at hereticpod. This is for your own good. You have been warned. Next episode will be the conclusion of Monday through Friday at the Smith's residence, and then we're back to Gafgarn. Keep your cosmos clean. <laughs>